Hi, I'm Alan Altman. And I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. Once upon a time in the land of misty satin dreams, there stood a house and a man who painted nature scenes. He painted trees and fields and animals and streams, and he stayed and he didn't hear the falling of the rain. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Billy Joel A to Z. Today, we are talking about the song, Falling of the Rain. Falling of the Rain is the fifth and final song on side one of Billy's debut and favorite album, Cold Spring Harbor. That's side one if you were listening on vinyl all the way back in 1971 or on the remaster in 1983. And, ironically, after covering 31 songs in the Billy Joel catalog on our podcast and nothing off Cold Spring Harbor, we now have back-to-back songs with our last one being Everybody Loves You Now, Dave Jessica's new favorite song. Well, Elon, we finally have another ranking to do. Christopher Bonanos in his Vulture article, out of 121 songs, where do you see... Falling of the Rain, ending up. I think Christopher Bananos will like this song musically, but he will pan it for the lyrics. So I'm going to give it, I'm going to say he gives it a, a ranking of 91. Wow. Excellent in every way. 99 out of 121. What above Code of Silence? One above Code of Silence. <laughs> and you are completely right. And I love his uh, what he's saying here because this is exactly what it reminded me of when I first heard it. And he says it right here. Screams 1971 in a weird Pippinish hippie way that doesn't seem to come from a natural place for Joel. Misty satin dreams and wooded glades. What would Mama Leone say? <laughs> so you hit it exactly correct. He The lyrics were what put it at 99. The weird part is Glenn Gamboa from Newsday Puts it at 119. He's usually the one that has it much further up than Christopher Bonanos. He says, using piano tinkling to signify the rain is bad enough, but the extended metaphor about rain and the land of misty satin dreams and a man who painted nature scenes is just too much like it came from Creative Writing 101. (laughs) Uh, There's a lot to say about that again, what you were saying about the lyrics. However, here's the funny thing. The fans... Rank it at 67 out of 121. And that's probably where I would put it. Elon, I'm going to just keep on talking for two seconds because it's Cold Spring Harbor. You know how it is for me. This is These are very exciting times. Everybody says I love you. Everybody says I love you. I'm thinking of the Woody Allen movie. Everybody Loves You Now was a big hit in my eyes. Never heard it before. Never heard this song in my life before. Never heard it. Another hit. I am 2-0. I loved it. I mean, I'm there with the lyrics. I think that, you know, there are issues. But what is he saying? It's just too much like it came from Creative Writing 101, Glenn Gumboa says. Yeah, because he was just starting out. He was just getting his rhythm. You know, what are you going to do? That's that's your first song. It comes from Creative Writing 101. And your next album, you hope, will be better. So if you look at it that way, yeah, the lyrics are a little corny. But after a couple of listenings, they absolutely grew on me. And I love this song, and uh, 
I mean, I'll let you talk in a second. I'm sorry. I just, I'm, I'm so excited about it. No, no, keep going. Keep going. <laughs> never, you know, never heard this song. And it's just this, so far, this album is so interesting to me, never having heard it before. You can really see like the way this is and so quick on the piano and everything, just like Everybody Loves You Now. It, it's as if he was trying to show off. He's like, but look, here's what I can do. And again, this is 1971, and they didn't make songs like this back then, or thought, or so I thought. Everything was so slow and dull and boring. I hated everything from the late 60s to the early 70s, and this is totally my cup of tea. And, of course, I like all the songs from Pippin, so this song makes complete sense to me. It does sound show tune-ish, and that is why I love it. Well, it's good that he did this. Elon, please, I'm not finished. One. I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I feel I like the song a lot, and I agree with you that um, I think he was really trying to show off his chops on his first album by really showing like what a great pianist he was, playing things really fast. I mean, here is a song that is a storytelling song, and he does the whole thing in like two minutes and twenty seconds, which is insane. Like, if he just slowed himself down a little bit here, this could have been like a five minute epic with this whole weird story about this fantasy world he developed. And instead, he just does the whole thing in like two minutes, which is nuts. You can't even catch your breath in this song. So it's good. I'm glad actually that it goes fast because the lyrics are really cringeworthy. So the faster, the better. Get them out of the way. It's funny that That's it, I think. It, I'm nodding the entire way, but it's funny you say that because I don't know if you heard the live version on WMMR, which was uh, in 1972, which I guess was that uh, famous Captain Jack performance where he plays it even faster. That's in my notes, actually. I wrote 1972 WW, WMMR. This version, he plays faster than even the sped up original album version. <laughs> yeah, it's, but it's, it's amazing. I mean, it's just who can play the piano that fast, which is, again, what he was probably trying to show off. But it might not have been for the times in the sense of they just weren't making music like that. Like he was saying, hippie music is slow and dull for me. And who was making songs where it's like really fast staccato and that kind of stuff. And maybe that's, you know, maybe that's another reason why, I mean, let alone, obviously you record an album on the wrong speed, there's going to be trouble, but maybe that's why it didn't take. And, you know, people rediscovering after we know how good he is. And again, this is a great starter song. It's a great starter song for a guy that was really only trying to be a, a songwriter for other people, as he's been known to say, and you know became got came into his own that's why this first album is very fascinating in the sense of it's all just what somebody you know the early stages of what somebody goes on to accomplish greatness as they get better and older and more seasoned yeah but i guess people want want the first album to still be a little bit more seasoned than this maybe like rewrite those lyrics a little bit better some of those phrases are just i think even for back then he probably was like this is a little bit over the top but maybe he was trying to write this for someone else like maybe look this was like kind of like prog rock kind of lyrics like that kind of fantasy world that like early queen sings about and uh jethro tull like has kind of fantasy stuff like this so he was in that kind of mindset uh, I think you're right that like him playing super fast was a very unique thing to him, but the lyrics were like so of that time. Well, I don't, I don't think he likes this song very much. I mean, we know he doesn't like the lyrics and he makes fun of them, but it seems like in that live version, he was really trying to get rid of the song. He's like, well, I have to play my whole album, and then of course he had other ones to play. I guess that were coming up on the next album, but 
he I, I feel like you know on that demo he's playing so fast he's just like let's, let's just get this over with <laughs> yeah definitely he's like i got better stuff i swear i got this new thing called captain jack you guys are really gonna dig yeah did you see that new york festival thing where that kid asks you know that ask him to play they ask him to play it and he's looking through his songbook like this you we've listened to a lot of billy joel clips and uh what do you call master classes that he does and basically i've never seen him have to go to the songbook his own songbook and be like wait which is that one again you know every time we listen to him he always plays it and we're like how can he possibly remember all those words and the music but this one he has blocked out of his mind clearly he's looking through the songbook for a while and then he's getting it and then he's making fun of his own lyrics and just says i i can't i can't this is awful <laughs> yeah he makes it halfway through the second verse and he just has to stop <laughs> after he sings about the woman in the woody glades he was like that's it that's enough what i liked on the um at the, the new yorker recording was that while he's looking through his notebook or his songbook uh, uh for this song he says falling in the rain and then he starts singing falling in the rain to the tune of riders on the storm right yeah he was really cool. just making fun of this song and mocking this song but i really liked it and i yeah i i get i guess that's the thing as soon as you hear it on the piano you're like oh i bet that's to symbolize the rain and it's a little i guess obvious but I still like it. I like the way he plays, and I like I liked it. In fact, isn't there another song off this or something, or was it Everybody Has a Dream that says Another Rainy Day Without You Lying Next to Me? It's, I know he has something with lying next to me. Is that Everybody Has a Dream? Yeah, Everybody Has a Dream. Just to be at home and to be all alone with you reminded me of Another Rainy Day Without You Lying Next to Me. I, I like those kind of lyrics. So when it got to that, I was good. That part's great. I mean, that's a good, really good part of the song. It's only when he's getting into this weird fantasy story, which when you decipher it is like really kind of silly. It's like there's a man who's sitting and painting nature scenes and he doesn't notice that it's raining. And then there's a girl in a forest and she likes to sing and enjoys the rain. And then there's a boy who daydreams and his head's down so he doesn't notice the rain. And then we find out that the boy becomes the man and the girl is gone. So it's like he focused too much on his whatever and and the girl left and he never got to meet the weird forest girl. Is that what that is? I don't even listen to those lyrics. You know, it's like I, th <laughs> I just listen to the melody and him singing and I really don't concentrate on the lyrics a lot. And I think that happened with another song we did recently where I'm like, I didn't know what that, I think it was Don't Ask Me Why. And I don't know the lyrics. I just, you know, I know certain points of the lyrics the famous ones obviously don't talk to strangers i'm not going to bring that up again of course and uh you know certain things but yeah i wasn't this was too fast to pick up on so i was really just listening to the melody and i liked every bit of it but that's how much he's improved over the years because by the time he gets this don't ask me why his lyrics might still be a little bit cryptic but they're not like something that you're like whoa what the hell is this guy singing about it's like this you're like oh man like i have street cred i can't listen to this tune about some girl frolicking in the woods I got to be I got to be a cool dude here. Well, actually, that don't ask me why is another example of the lyrics aren't so great in a later song that a lot of the critics make fun of. Yeah, but I'm saying they're not like such a literal, like weird fantasy land that you would write like like Glenn Gamboa said, creative writing one on one. Right. It doesn't have that, that kind of feel to it. I think these lyrics kind of remind me actually of, you know, the other song that Billy clearly doesn't like is Cete Toi. And it seems like that phrase brandy eyes in the beginning is like the one thing that sets him off. And yeah, when I hear about like the misty satin dreams, that really goes well with brandy eyes. That Those two phrases fit really well together. I think that's the one I was talking about, the sete toile, right? He hates that brandy eyes. Right. 
That's exactly it. I guess that happens a lot when you're just being creative, thinking off the top of your head, and you don't have a good producer. I mean, I know he did on Glass Houses, but that's clearly what might have happened here. We know that Artie Rip wasn't the greatest producer of all time, so he might not have told, are you sure you want to go with these lyrics? Yeah, he's like, how about this? Uh, we rewrote it. It's about death now. Is that better? Would you rather do this? It's about murder. Murder on the Jersey Turnpike. How about that? Anything. Anything, Billy, please. Yeah, I don't know whether you know, but this Artie Rip, apparently he just wasn't a good manager either. He was a real jerk. <laughs> just kidding. Like, it's just like the, that's, that's just when you talk about Billy Joel. Oh, I heard he had bad management. It's the first thing that comes up. <laughs> All oh, the yeah. time, right? Yeah. Poor guy. Poor guy. The poster child for bad management. Multiple times. Yeah. Fool me once, Billy. You know, it's funny. This song, the, the good thing about this song existing, though, is it does show so much like where he was starting out his professional career and then where he went. Because just like seven years later, he's singing about Brenda and Eddie scenes from an Italian restaurant. So here's a song we got here where it's about a guy and a girl and it's all weird and whatever. And then we get this masterpiece just a few years later. Like he really figured out how to uh, how to do it. I mean, the next album is Piano Man and everybody knows all the lyrics to that and I mean just that song in particular and then it's Captain Jack so you have legendary songs off that and, and, and he still has two albums to get to before The Stranger which is you, I don't think you can make The Stranger without having all that set up yeah right it didn't take him that long to improve this song was uh, look it's great there's actually a good instrumental version on YouTube it's like a piano tutorial but you can see all the keys on the screen like it looks like Guitar Hero it shows you like every little thing lighting up and so it's instrumental so you don't have the weird lyrics and you get to visually see just how complicated the song is which really blew my mind as someone who knows nothing about playing piano yeah remember we were looking at that for everybody loves you now because it's the same thing and watching a lot of those tutorials and teaching people how to play it it's so intense could you you think you could pull this one off ever? i don't i no never this one no nope. could you slow it down big time like make it a, a 10 minute song well, here's the problem, right? So I've been, I got the this sheet, like just chords on all for Lena that I've been playing for the past three, four weeks. And if I slowed it down, I could probably get it right, but I can't help myself. You know, I got to hit the key. You know, but um, yeah. I, if I slow it down, I would get it right. Now I make a lot of mistakes and everything because I can't slow it down. So I don't think I have the discipline to slow it down because that's what they tell you in these tutorials. But when I was watching Everybody Loves You Now, slow it down first, slow it down. But you want to play it immediately. Once you hear that you're hitting the correct chords of the song, you get so excited that you're making music that you can't help yourself. It's really <laughs> a lot of discipline to play something that, like this unless it, you're Billy Joel and you have a gift from God. Which he clearly does after hearing this song and the previous song. Yeah. Did you see on YouTube there's a, a stop motion animation video that a fan made of this song? No. That's hilarious. It, it's like drawn with crayons. It looks like I I'm not gonna look, I'm really glad that this fan did this and I wouldn't do it must have taken like hours or days to do. The the drawing quality looks I'd say like a third grader did it, which is kind of endearing because the lyrics are like a third grader's lyrics. So, <laughs> but it's kind of cool to, to look at. It's all just like hand-drawn pictures of a girl and woods and the boy. I'm excited to take a look at it. It's by Maria Hayes. Got to give her credit. So Elon, I'm just going to guess 
He's never played this live except for that one concert and the yeah, radio. Yeah, that's all. That, as far as we know, he only played it at the WMMR concert, which we have a record of, which is cool. And then also that half song that he played in 2015 for The New Yorker. I don't understand, again, I mean, maybe it's as complicated to play as you get older or something because it is so, you know, he already has Angry Young Man and stuff, as we already know. He has to play it at the beginning. And maybe something like this is a younger man song, both this and Everybody Loves You Now. They're very, very fast. But... Again, if you're doing a monthly show at Madison Square Garden, and again, we were talking about, you know, I don't like Code of Silence, but I guess maybe he does. I don't know. Maybe there's some fans out there that do. You invite Cindy Lauper on stage. It's just weird not to go through your catalog and say, let's do something we've never done before. And if you're taking Falling in the Rain, do you take a risk and change the lyrics so they make you happy? Like, why not? You're not doing anything at home except once a month you go out and you helicopter in to Madison Square Garden. On the helicopter ride in, why not scribble some new notes? You know, why can't he change this? Nobody's going to care on this song. This isn't like Captain Jack or something else that people know every word. Why not take a take a chance and play this song and change the lyrics to your liking? He doesn't even have to change the lyrics himself. He can use the Weird Alon version of this song. And just plug it right in. It's good to go, baby. Well, we'll see about that. <laughs> but what he should do, you're right. It, he So he obviously hates the lyrics of this song. It makes him cringe. But musically, it still really holds up. He should just play it in the middle of like the instrumental of some other song. Just do like 30 seconds of this song and then go back to the other song. He does that in concert other times. Yeah, but it's so annoying when he plays 30 seconds. You know how I hate medleys and when he just plays for 30 seconds and stops, it's it's. It's so irritating. But this would be cool. In the middle of Everybody Loves You Now, all of a sudden he does some falling of the rain and then goes back to Everybody Loves You Now. No, that would not be cool. It would be cool. They're both fast, piano-based, or even like in the opening to uh, Angry Young Man. Just toss this in there a little bit. Maybe, but I want to hear the whole song. If you're going to play it, then just play it. I told you, it's just like that stupid Rock of Ages show. <laughs> Finish it! <laughs> December song. <laughs> Cross to bear. <laughs> I was driving in the car listening back, and that was really funny. That made me laugh out loud when you were saying that. You, the, <laughs> the audience, just dumb blurting out those unreleased tracks. It's really funny. <laughs> and you really hope they don't play it. <laughs> I just want to be heard. I want everyone else to know that I'm a big fan. Yeah, I'm a much bigger fan than anyone else across to bear. Oh, you That's don't know hilarious. December song? I'm sorry. <laughs> Stick to the stranger, sweetie. Well, Dave, it's time for the trivia portion of the show. Do you have a stumper for me? Well, let's see. I don't know. I mean, it, now there's no reason you shouldn't get this, but perhaps the way I word it to get there might trip you up. I never try and make it difficult for you. It's just I always try and give you something you will be able to guess. In 1981, there was a, you know, way before you were born, mm -hmm. there was a filmed stage version of the show Pippin. <laughs> oh, God. I don't know how you didn't think I was going to bring that up. The actor who played Pippin his name is uh, William Catt. He starred in a very popular TV series that same year with an even more popular theme song. Which character in one of the most popular 90s television shows and your favorite uses that theme 
for his answering machine. Oh, okay. <laughs> it, it, I knew nothing of what you were saying until you finally got to I know. The ending. I worked it out. <laughs> All right. So the character is George Costanza on Seinfeld, and it's the Believe It or Not song, which is called, what, The Greatest Man in the World or something like that? The Greatest American Hero. Greatest American Hero. Okay. Yes, you are correct. That is exactly right. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. I must be out or I'd pick up the phone. Where could I be? Believe it or not, I'm not home. <laughs> you did remember it. I was wondering if you'd know the whole thing. I like when he uh, d- doesn't pick up and then it, and then they go through it all again. <laughs> yeah, he's like dancing along to it while he's sitting yeah. there. And Jerry so, just hates uh, it. <laughs> he's so proud of himself. I tell you, with, back in that, in that day, I used to be known for making those kind of messages you know you would make them for people that would call in all the time it was it was like tiktok that was where you could be creative with a cool answering machine we we actually we had just gotten an answering machine not too long after that episode so we recorded that as our answering machine message oh you did yeah so we sang it like believe it or not the altmans are in home or something like that (laughs) (laughs) and that's and that's how you started doing song parodies yeah yeah it was from that and you're like, I like this. I want to do this for a living. This feels good. All right. What do you have for me? It can't be as um, entertaining as mine. It will not be. My trivia question is a big, fat turd. But we'll see. Okay. So this song, Falling of the Rain, has rain in the title. What two Billy Joel songs also mention water in their titles? In the titles. So it could be a body of water or a type of water, something water related. So it's, it's, the word water might not be in the title. Right, but it's but it's H2O. Running on ice? That's one of them. Ooh, look at me. Um, huh. Can't think off the top of my head in the other one. I'm glad I got one. Yeah, that's pretty good. I don't know if I, I could figure it out off the top of my head. The other one was The River of Dreams. Of course. <laughs> that's perfect. I also may have accepted Summer Highland Falls if that town was named after a waterfall. I'm not sure if it was. Interesting, but that wasn't a bad trivia question at all. That was definitely not a dud. That was very fun and entertaining for for everyone. Especially, yeah, with a song like Falling of the Rain. What is there? uh, It's hard to find trivia out of this song. Well, you see how far I had to go to. Yeah, from Pippin to Seinfeld. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. I mean, this song and a lot of it, the, the Everybody Loves You Now song, the one we played from San Francisco, that is an exclusive Billy Joel A to Z song. Mm. That sounds, it's like a version of Corner of the Sky from Pippin. It's very, very, the way it's slowed up and everything, it's very show tuney. That's a good point. That's actually the only song I know from Pippin, although I guess that one you just mentioned. I know you said that was the guy who was in Pippin. He was on a TV show that used Greatest American Hero as the theme. William Cat. Yeah. Yeah, he, was, he played Pippin. But Pippin, he didn't originate we, uh, the role. in eighth grade, that was our school musical. I wasn't in it, but I do remember that, that song you just mentioned. Well, there was a bunch of Corner good songs of the sky. from that yeah. All right. It is time for the Weird Alon parody of the day. And so uh, here we go. I'm not going to tell you the title this time, Dave. We're going to just let it happen in the middle of the song. I enjoy that as well. The reveal is very entertaining. Once upon a time in the studios of Hollywood, there was a famous actor whose looks were really good, but then he got old and fat and he stopped getting parts. So he joined the cast of Dancing with the Stars. 
Ah, ha. he joined the cast of Dancing with the Stars. Well, he doesn't look the same as we recall. And his career has surely taken a big fall. Ah, but I'll still watch because I just want to see a ballroom dance with my favorite washed up celebrity. That's it? Yeah. Well, who, who, who are you talking about? I don't know. It's about some guy who joined Dancing with the Stars. Oh, man. Dude. That's uncool. You want to know I who it was? Were... I don't, yeah, I don't I watch you're... the show. I don't know who's been on it. I don't watch it either. I thought you had somebody in mind. It's an amalgam. It's about every famous actor whose career got ruined, and he had to just start dancing for a little bit. I, uh, I see what you're saying, Elon, but I, I feel like we have a Jurassic Park situation in our midst again. I think people are going to be very upset. Let's say that, that it was, was no, uh, There was no Fresh reveal. Prince. The reveal was the phrase dancing with the stars. That was the reveal. Instead of falling of the rain. Yeah. yeah. We, I think I speak for everyone who's listening, where I, we thought the reveal was going to be, and his name was John Travolta or, some, or whatever it was going to be. His name was Alec Baldwin. I don't know. I mean, I don't know who's on Dancing with the Stars. I'm just. I don't know either. <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm, I'm going to assume everybody was with me on that. They were waiting for you to mention who the celebrity was because I'm like, well, I don't watch Dance with the Stars. I'm, I'm sure he'll, he's not going to let us down. No, I'm only doing, I'm only Jurassic doing nine lines of, of this song. That's, that's, I was already out of breath. I couldn't even get through the lines. At least we're not talking about the, the elephant in the room, which is that I, I sang it terribly. I was just. Oh no, when nobody's, nobody bothers you for that. It's just. Uh, I just feel like the Instagram's coming in, Elon. I'm sorry. No, these they'll they'll like this one. They gave, they gave it to me on Jurassic Park, but I think we have. Uh, I think our audience are more like TV watchers, so they're gonna like this. They could write in. People can write in. What celebrity am I describing? Who was famous and then became old and fat and had to join Dancing with the Stars? We like to be told who it is. We don't like to guess for ourselves and make our own decisions. Why do you think people are so angry about that Sopranos ending? Make your own ending. <laughs> I'm gonna look at the, I'm gonna look at the angry. cast of Dancing with the Stars and find who it might be. Well, <laughs> I think after that song, I'm gonna have to go on Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> I've been kicked off the Billy Joel A to Z podcast. <laughs> Fresh off the first 36 episodes of the Billy Joel A to Z podcast, here is Alan Altman dancing the cha cha. Do the ease wrap up. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna dance to the ease wrap up. <laughs> Well, folks, that was Falling of the Rain. If you like our podcast, be sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple and tell your friends. We release new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday, so make sure you hit subscribe so you never miss a single song. Follow us on social media at Billy Joel A to Z and give us some feedback. Did you ever have a creative answering machine message in the 90s? And do you agree with Glenn Gamboa that this song is at the bottom of the list? Until next time, I'm Alon Altman. I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. Now the boy becomes the man who sits and paints all day But the girl with the braids in her hair has gone away And it seems that time has brought things to an end Nothing's changed cause you can't stop the falling of the rain ah, ah, No you can't stop